there's two variations of this. One, somebody's eating a hot dog or something, and oops, oh, I'm sorry, I got a little mustard on your jacket. Let me help you. So you take your bag off and your jacket, and they clean it off. And they're like, oh, sorry, and they're dressed nicely in a suit or something like that. And you say, oh, well, and they're like, okay, well, have a great time here in Barcelona. Bye, and they'll walk away. And when you look down, uh-oh, your bag is gone. There are all kinds of ways to have your pocket picked. There's the bump and run, where someone bumps into you, distracting you enough to lift your wallet. Crowded subways, where people are pressed against you, are also prime hunting grounds. I'm Jim Grinstead, and today on Scams and Cons, we'll be talking about the modern age of pickpockets, an age that makes it unnecessary for someone to actually put their hand in your pocket. Despite all the cameras lurking about and the electronic security built into our credit and debit cards, these crimes are much easier to commit than you may think and may take place instantly or days later, many continents away. It's a beautiful afternoon. You're strolling down the streets of Paris, admiring the architecture of Amsterdam, or riding the metro in Washington, D.C., checking out the sights. Someone taps you on the shoulder, and a woman holding a sandwich says she has accidentally squirted mustard onto your shirt. She grabs a napkin and begins to rub it off. Maybe she uses some water from a bottle she's carrying to moisten the napkin. She cleans it off, apologizes profusely. You thank her for her help? and graciously decline her offer to pay for the dry cleaning. With all the confusion, you may even forget about the briefcase you are carrying that is now nowhere to be seen. There is no need to thank her. She or accomplices picked your pocket while you were distracted. It's likely you won't notice you've been robbed until you finish that wonderful plate of lasagna with ragu bolognese along with a bottle of wine then reach for your wallet. You will quickly discover that restaurateurs don't take kindly to people who don't pay for their meals, regardless of the excuse. Pickpockets are nothing new. They've been around since, well, since there were pockets. What we do know is that the number of pickpockets is declining. It's not due to the police doing a better job of arresting them, but because there are better, safer and more lucrative ways of robbing you. Here's a clip from Anderson Live with Anderson Cooper. Put your card in and then type in your pin code. So what you don't know, and check out on the screen. So there's a, a oh, hidden camera. camera. Oh my God. Is Wait. we're able to record your pin code. So what the bad guy does is he installs a camera on the machine. So what you're looking at here, regular standalone ATM, you might see these on street corners, uh, at a everywhere store. In the They're everywhere. I actually bought this off of Craigslist for 750 bucks and it had a thousand credit card numbers still on it. Are you no. serious? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so now what, what the bad guy does is he deploys the ATM and then he puts a camera. Now you see this mirror is designed to thwart shoulder surfing, right? Mm -hmm. So you see the mirror, you know, you look over your shoulder, but really inside here is a small wireless camera. Okay. Okay, and the camera takes a look at the keypad. So it's basically just recording everybody's keypad. Oh, it's getting their pin code. Additionally, to complete the puzzle, what the bad guy also does 
is he puts a skimming device on the face of the ATM. So this device, it's a little storage device, he puts it on the face of the ATM, you slide your card through, and it skims the information off the back. This is where one of Anderson's co-hosts speaks up. And this happened to me. I used an ATM and I lost $20,000. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. You didn't notice the camera? Because it's sticking out there a little bit. No, I didn't notice. No, I mean, I'm not blaming the victim here. I mean, I'm just... (laughs) I I don't remember there being a a mirror at the time, but I was told later because I started to notice that there were these weird things on my bank statement at 3 o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. withdrawals of similar amounts to amounts that I would take out. So now the device is inside your ATM where the gas pump has your credit card information, but how do the scammers retrieve it? Frank Pollock, chief inspector of Allegheny County's Bureau of Weights and Measures, told John Shumway of KDKA in Pittsburgh, and It connects to the back of the credit card reader. It goes right to the motherboard. Both will collect your information as soon as you swipe, and some of those inside the pumps now have Bluetooth technology. It's really cheap and easy for a bad guy to do. So they can just be within 30 feet of a skimmer and steal the data that way. So here's how the phone comes into play. The Bluetooth skimmer is actually embedded in the pump. You can't see it, but your phone can. You go to the settings. Once you're in settings, you open up Bluetooth and then watch for a strange string of number device to try and connect to your phone. If it does, you might want to move on to another pump. But the phone only detects the Bluetooth skimmer. A regular skimmer that must be retrieved for its information can hide inside that pump undetected. So keep a close eye on your card or your bank account. If you think your debit card's pin will keep you safe, you're wrong. KRIS-TV in Corpus Christi, Texas, reports that tiny cameras hidden in the corners of ATM machines or gas pumps can quickly capture video while you enter your pin number. That gives scammers control of your card. You just never know when or if you're going to be a victim. As quickly as you swipe, credit card skimmers are getting your information and your PIN number through a pinhole-sized camera like this. This is sitting this way. The PIN pad is over here. As you swipe your card, the camera is facing at the PIN pad, and as you input your PIN, it's gathering that information also. If you don't mind a little hard work and aren't good with electronics, You can always do what these con artists in Beaverton, Oregon did. Just steal an ATM machine containing about $8,000. So I get here, and then we start going through the video, and I see how they, you know, backed into the alley, got out, they came in, dragged out the ATM, um, started rumbling through the whole restaurant, you know, grabbing basically wherever they could. Fox 12 reported the machine had not been bolted to the floor because they didn't know where it would eventually be located. Along with the machine, the thieves grabbed an iPad, and that allowed officials to track it. The owner of the ATM machine followed the trail. Unfortunately, it was in another police jurisdiction, so a debate began over who would own the case. Most expected that the case would be forgotten as police focused on what they believed were more serious crimes. Someone just stole your phone. You reach in your pocket, and it's still there. Sure, it's physically there, but the data has been copied to another device. It's the stuff of crime TV shows and movies, but can it really happen, and happen that fast? Anyone who has copied a file from one hard drive to a thumb drive knows it's not a quick task, especially if the file is large or there are multiple files. But phone cloning doesn't work that way. 
it takes very little effort to gain access to your data. The easiest way is to put an app on two phones, link them, then transfer the data via Wi-Fi to the second phone. This type of cloning is basically used by folks upgrading from one phone to a new one. It's not unusual for this process to take an hour or more depending upon what data you want to transfer. It also requires that you have access to the Mark's phone long enough to install the app, then remove it from the phone when you're done. It also leaves some footprints so those who investigate such things can easily discover it. So if you can get your hands on the sucker's phone for a short period of time, you just need to remove the SIM card, copy it, then to the cell phone company, your phone looks just like theirs. These devices are called SIM writers, and they're fairly easy to get and relatively inexpensive, about $15. Again, they're typically used when upgrading one phone to a new one. The number you have called is no longer in service. Please try again later. But by the time you do all that, the scammers may have already downloaded your contact list, phone records, texts, and other data. Then there are credit card scanners. They can reach out into thin air and grab your phone number. Criminals will uh, use scanners to basically scan the signals of phone calls that you make, and then they burn that data onto another SIM card and just put that into a phone, and now they can make international calls. That was Robert Siciliano, a consultant for computer security firm McAfee. Now, it's bad enough that your phone can now be turned into a bot making robocalls about your car warranty, but the information can also be used to capture your contact list, call history, and lots of other personal data. There's an interesting story behind this. Reporter Nicole Jacobs of Fox 25 in Boston said police pulled a car over on a routine traffic stop and eventually learned he was on a top 10 list of a ring of 12 people that made $25 million in fraudulent calls. NBC's nightly business report wanted to take a look at what dangers these scanners could cause, so they went to Archie Argo, a security expert, and gave him only the phone number of one of the show's producers. Host Andrea Day said that in just a few minutes... I found her date of birth, I found where she went to school, for family history, what properties they own, what parking ticket she has. This is the street view of her house right now. It would seem wise to simply change phone numbers, but Margo said that's not easy. It's a huge security risk. Nobody wants to change the cell number today, and so cell number has become an integral part of your identity. And that's where the problem starts. But perhaps the biggest security risk is a company that we've all come to love and hate. So the best place to start is Facebook. Most people don't realize that Facebook, by default, makes your phone number accessible to everybody. This information is very incriminating, right? I mean, if you look at it from a job perspective, you have to give your cell number when you apply for a job. Within five minutes, I know everything about you. Without even seeing whether you qualified for the job, I can just reject you. I have your online identity. I have pretty much everything. I own you, basically. Day, the show's host, said Argo uses a Google phone number that he changes once a year and wouldn't even reveal his own number to the show's producers. Your call is very important to us because we can now learn everything about you. In a few minutes, we will have your bank information, your home address, and your secret lover's identity. 
You may be contacted later if we decide to blackmail you with this information. Please stay on the line for the next available customer service representative, and we will all have a good laugh seeing how long it will take for you to realize you have been scammed. A successful con seduces a sucker into a world where their dreams can come true. Power and great riches are within their grasp. This magic casts a spell that leads its audience to hand over all their money to scammers who vanish before the sucker realizes it was all an illusion. If you enjoy the podcast, Please help us out by telling your friends and encouraging them to listen. Scams and Cons is available wherever podcasts are found and at scamsandcons.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Scams and Cons. Lastly, if you can head over to Spotify and leave us a five-star rating, it'd be really appreciated. Spotify listeners are more than half our audience, so it makes a difference. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Twenty-four hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con.